Good morning, Home Church. He can do anything, amen? amen. And the dead will rise again. Amen. Wasn't that an amazing song? That's one of the best worship songs I have heard in a long time. And let me tell you something. I got a praise report that I want to give out. And uh, Pearlie, one of our church members, came in this morning. She gave me this huge praise report. I've got to give it because it really illustrates everything that I've been talking about uh, last week. And what I'm going to talk about a little bit this week. So Pearlie, she went to Walmart last week and she forgot her cane. Because if anyone knows who she is, she is someone who comes in. She has a cane. She needs help getting in. Um, but she went to Walmart one day and somehow forgot her cane in her car and made the decision to leave the cane in the car and to go into Walmart and come back. And God got her through it and she did everything just fine, came back, no problem whatsoever. And then she comes rolling in this morning with no cane, walking in on her own two feet. God gets the glory for that. And I could see her through, I could see her over there. But here's the thing, here's the thing. She didn't even realize it, but she did everything I said last week. Last week is, in order for us to grow our faith, in order for us to stretch our faith, we have to do something different. Amen. And then watch God change the circumstances, and that's exactly what happened with Pearlie. So that should be an encouragement to any of you who are thinking, you know, can I do this, can I do this thing that's different in order to grow my faith and see how God moves? And absolutely, you can. And I just want to praise God for Pearlie and for that testimony. Thank you for sharing that uh, with me, Pearlie. So 2022 is in the can, right? And so I know some of you were not here last week, and I don't need to know why you weren't, but happy new year to you all. It's now 2023, and God has something different for us this year. And I think as believers, if those of you that are believers in Jesus, you know that this year, you believe that this year is going to be better than any other year. We have that level of faith, that level of expectation but the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because some of that responsibility is on us as believers, as we're following Jesus. It's not just all on God. He expects us to take a step of faith. Amen? Because faith is what pleases him. Faith is often what moves him to move on our behalf. And that's why Jesus could look at people and say, your faith has made you whole. We have to have a next level of faith, because the same faith we had last year is not going to be the same faith that's going to get us through 2023. Man, God expects us to stretch ourselves because the victory is in the stretch. And so the passage that I went into last week was Philippians chapter 3. This is our passage for the year. This is what you should highlight, what you should underline, what you should memorize. Maybe I need to do that. I haven't memorized it yet, but maybe I need to do that. Um, this is the one that you need to remember and you need to stand on this year. And this is what Paul writes. He says, beginning in verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Wow, this is Paul admitting he is not perfect. How many of us would consider ourselves perfect? <laughs> good. I'm, I'm glad to see there's no hands raised. That's good. That's good. I got a humble crowd here. But he says, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, and here's what I need you guys to really highlight, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. He goes, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think 
this way, and that's where I want to leave it at. So how many mature believers do I have in here? Hopefully all of us, right? That we're, we're mature in the sense that we're in Christ, that we're made, we're made perfect in him, amen? amen? But that we're continuing to grow in him as we're moving through our life, right? And so every year, every time that calendar changes from one year to the next, there should be a marked improvement in our maturity in Jesus, right? We should be pressing on toward the prize. And of course, like I said last week, that prize is Jesus himself, right? The fact that when we die, when we're absent from the body, we will be present with the Lord Jesus. We're going to be with him for all eternity. That's the prize. That is what I'm pressing on toward. There is not anything that can take that away from me. And there's certainly not anything that's going to hold me back from obtaining that prize if I'm in Christ. It's just not going to happen. But as I said last week, what lies behind us is last year. And what lies ahead of us is what God wants for us this year. So between the prize and what lies behind is this thing called the strain. And that's what Paul says. This is the thing that I strain forward to what lies ahead. And that straining is what I call the stretch. And the victory is in that stretch. And what I said last week is we need to do something different with our faith. The same faith we had last year is not going to be the same faith that's going to get us through this year. So the stretch for us is doing something different in our walk with Jesus. Pearly, forgetting, conveniently forgetting her cane in her car and deciding to walk into Walmart on her own. Come on, Walmart's crazy, folks. It takes faith just to walk into Walmart on your own two feet, let alone use a cane, amen? <laughs> she did it, right? And it was that, that, that something different that showed God, hey, I got the faith that you're going to help me get through this, that you've healed me. I'm going to walk in on my own two feet and bam, look what happened, right? That's what happened. So for some of us in here, maybe we haven't taken that big step yet. Maybe we haven't done something different. And what I defined as different last week is going to be different for everybody. Maybe, maybe you're in here, you need to volunteer to serve in the church. You haven't done that yet. Maybe that's that big step you got to take that's something different. Or maybe you need to start giving into the offering because um, that is a stretch of faith for a lot of us, Amen. Um, especially in the economy the way it is now. Oh, thanks, somebody brought me some tea. Awesome. Maybe, maybe that's the, the big step. I mean, I don't know what it is that's your big step, um, but whatever it is, God is going to reveal it to you if he hasn't done so already. And that big step is important. And so if you're about to take that big step, maybe you haven't taken it yet, there is something else that needs to be different. And that is the people that you're around. Your social network, as I call it, that needs to change. And I've got a lot to tell you about our social network and how that needs to change. And the greatest example that I can find in the Bible is not just Jesus and his disciples. I don't want to talk about, about that particular instance there where he chose the people that, to follow him that's going to help be his inner circle, his support network. But I want to go back to the children of Israel because I think... That's a great example of people we don't want to be around. And there's some also examples in there of people that we do want to be around as we're trying to follow Jesus, as we're trying to grow in our faith, as we're trying to stretch ourselves. That's so important. And so with that, let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for everybody that's in here today. I just thank you, Father, that when this day is over, that people are going to know who it is that they need to be around and who it isn't that they don't need to be around. And Father, I just thank you that you're going to help us to take this step as we leave this place today, but also take the step of faith to something different that you want us to do. And you're going to help us find those people. If we don't already have them, they're going to help us take that step. 
Father, I thank you that the words that come out of my mouth will be the words that you want me to speak today, and I just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I was in high school, I played football. I know we have a lot of football fans in here. If you live in Oklahoma, you probably are a football fan. <laughs> and I was uh, about ready to get, get into, into being on the varsity team, so I was very excited about that. That was a dream that I, that I wanted, was to be able to make varsity and hopefully letter and of course, the very first scrimmage we had before the regular season even started, I was designated as a starter. I was looking forward to that. I was going to be a starting offensive tackle. Can you believe that? I was a 245-pound dude um, at that time. And I remember just being all excited. We played our first scrimmage. We played against a school that was much larger than us for some reason. We played a, a sixth school. Um, and so I ended up getting hurt. Um, I remember it specifically, I remember winding up in the pile somewhere and somebody landed on my leg awkwardly and it snapped one of my ligaments in my right knee and there goes my season. Um, there goes my, basically my entire football career and this is when I was a junior in high school. And so I remember when that season was over, I, I kind of was ostracized because I didn't, I wasn't playing anymore. So I wasn't part of the team and I had to find community somewhere else. And so I just felt led with some encouragement from some people that I knew was to join the theater club. And how many people we have in here that are theater people that love musicals, that, that have done school plays, that kind of stuff? I love it. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Uh, I love the creative people that are in here. Uh, we couldn't do, couldn't do life without you, right? That's why we have movies. That's why we have theater, Broadway, all that stuff. Um, and so I was encouraged to go ahead and just be part of this group. And I remember joining the theater club. And here is an ex-jock who's 245 pounds, you know, a big guy. Um, with a bunch of theater kids <laughs> and they accepted me and they encouraged me and they were just reaffirming and it was awesome. I absolutely loved being around them and some of them uh, were friends for quite some time. I had one that was actually uh, attended my wedding and so it was great to have that, that support network and I remember them encouraging me to actually go out and audition for the senior play and so as a senior in high school I had found new community and then I found new community that actually encouraged me to do something I never thought I would ever do because I am an introvert, believe it or not. I am. Uh, speaking in front of people produces great anxiety for me. So if you want to know proof that God's grace is upon somebody, you look at me right now because that's the reason why I know God's grace is definitely there because I'm able to even speak to you now. So they encouraged me to audition for this senior play and not just audition for some part, but for one of the lead roles. And I did, and yeah, I got it. I got the lead role, and, and it was one of the best experiences, probably the best experience I had all through my grade years in, in school. And I think God used that to help develop me for who I am now because I have more confidence to speak in front of people, um, not act. I don't think I could act, but I can definitely speak. So that's the question that I ask you all today is, do you have a healthy, affirming, faithful support network around you right now? And as I look at most of your faces in here, I know that some of you belong to our small group ministry, to where you have that. I know that some of you volunteer and you have a good volunteer group that you're with and you have that support network. But what I want to do to you is I want to define the two types of people that we have that are out there that are probably in your life. The very first one is this, groups of people that you don't want to be around. All right, can we say amen to that? There are some people that you just don't want to be around, that you know that as soon as they open their mouth, yeah, I 
don't need to hear what you have to say to me. Right? And if you're going to take a big step in following Jesus and stretch your faith and have victory, those are the kind of people you really don't want to be around. Am I right? And then the second group of people, Captain Obvious, are people that you want to be around. Those are the people that you want to do life with. Those are the people that you'll go to if there's tough times. Those are people that you want to spend time with and have fun with. They're good times. Am I right? These are the ones that are the people that are speaking into your life. They're actually feeding your faith versus the other group of people that are really, they're siphoning off your faith. They're draining you of your faith. And so I want to go into these two types of people. And the very first type is the ones that you don't want to be around, and that is the children of Israel. So continuing on the theme of Moses, like I started with next week, this week I really want to focus on the children of Israel. And just to kind of set it up for you, man, they have been through a lot, right? A lot of good stuff. A lot of seeing God move in their lives, like miraculous movement, like God himself is there and they can physically see him, experience him. From anything from the plagues, those 10 plagues, to parting the Red Sea, to watching the Red Sea envelop their enemies, the Egyptians, and kill off all their military, to going into the wilderness and then receiving manna from heaven, receiving the quail, being uh, given water when there is no water in the wilderness, uh, brought through all these things. God is there as a pillar of fire. There is a cloud of fire by, by day, pillar of fire by night. They're seeing all this stuff happen. They're seeing God's presence. They see the tabernacle. They see the mountain when God's presence is up there and Moses coming down with God's glory all over his face. They've seen all this stuff. But they did one thing. They complained. They had no faith. To the point where Moses was told by God, you, because you do not believe in me, you will not lead those people into the promised land. You're just not going to do it. So whatever you're looking forward to in the future, whatever lies ahead, whatever the prize is, which to you I promised was the promised land, a a land filled with milk and honey, you ain't going to go there now. You're not going to lead them there. And so Moses was still tasked with getting those people there And he had to send out the 12 spies. And if you've been in church for a while, you might have heard the story about the 12 spies. They were sent out to spy out the promised land. And then they came back, and 10 of them gave a bad report. They said, those people are way too big, and their cities are way too fortified. There's no way we can take the promised land. Well, the promised land is land that was promised by God for you to take. And if God said you could take it, then by golly, you can take it, right? Like, I'm sure a lot of us in here, God has given us a word. God has given us direction. And if he said it, and he told you to do it, and you make the decision to actually do it, then it's going to happen because God said it. God's word confirms it. God's word says it's going to happen. And with these people, even with the 10 spies coming back and saying, nope, this is not going to happen. We can't take it. Then God said, fine, none of you are going to go into the promised land. You're going to stay in this wilderness, and you're just going to die. And that, to me, is where some of us will be dead if we don't stretch our faith, if we don't take a step, if we don't do something different. We're going to die in the wilderness. 
And the wilderness is where I don't want to be anymore. Amen? Amen. I don't. That doesn't mean you're going to physically die. I'm looking at a bunch of people in here saying, oh, I don't want to die. I'm not saying you're going to physically die, but that what lies ahead, that calling and purpose that God has given you for 2023, that will die, right? And the children of Israel, they all died. They didn't even get a chance to get clearance to go into the promised land until all of them were dead. So they responded with complaining. And that's something else I said last week is if we're a complainer, if we're complaining to God as to why haven't you moved, where's my victory, why haven't you done this, why haven't you blessed me with this, why haven't you given me a job, whatever, whatever the complaining has been, it's been complaining, 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 where is your faith? That is what God is asking all of us. Look, I've got some things too that I've been grumbling about myself, complaining, complaining, complaining. And God's like, where's your faith? Because you can't move forward without it. So I'm going to read out of Numbers chapter 14, beginning in verse 26, if you want to turn there. This is a long passage, but I'm going to read it because I want you to hear this complaining. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? There are some pastors that pastor churches that are saying this is their favorite verse. How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? Fortunately, not here at home church. Thank you. I have heard the what? Grumbling. So the people of Israel, which they what? Grumble against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have, what? Grumbled against me. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And those are two men right there that I want to be connected to. But your little ones who you said would become prey, I will bring in, and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. Man, and that is harsh. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty years or forty days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity forty years. And you shall know my displeasure. Verse 35, I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will I do to all this wicked congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall come to a full end, and there they shall die. And the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation, what? Grumble against me by bringing up a bad report about the land. The men who brought up a bad report of the land died by plague before the Lord. Of those men who went to spy out the land, only Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive. So what is it with these children of Israel, these Israelites? They were grumblers. Grumblers meaning they had no faith. And God said, now you're all going to die. And see, that's what I don't want for me and that's what I don't want for you. Like this year, I've made it a point because I still have the same issues I dealt with last year. I'm still dealing with this year. But my, my change has been not to complain anymore, just praise God. Amen. Just praise Him. 
Because Caleb and Joshua, man, they looked at all the children of Israel as they started to freak out and said, what are you guys doing? Man, God said we could take it. And because he said we could take it, let's go. Let's do this thing. And they said, nope, we can't. Now, matter of fact, we'd rather go back to Egypt. Like, we'd rather stay in 2022. Be the same person, have the same guarantees, have the same comforts, maybe have the same trials because you're comfortable in your trial now and that's okay, let's just stay there because at least I know the routine. Man, that's not where God wants us to be. And because of that, they were destined for death and they started to die off. So my question to you is before we start passing judgment on the people that we're spending time with, are they people that are grumblers and complainers and have no faith is how about you? Where are you at? Are you a grumbler like the children of Israel? Before I start casting stones at the people that I'm going to try to get away from, I need to also examine myself, right? Because let me tell you something, misery loves company. And if I'm miserable and I'm complaining, more than likely my social network is people that are miserable and complaining. So maybe I need to change in myself before I start to decide who it is I'm going to spend my life with and who I'm going to move out. Does that make sense? The very first type of people, people we don't want to be around, are grumblers. Starve our faith instead of feed it. When I was in the military, one of the things that, that I was taught is unit cohesion. That we're one team in one fight. And I was taught at a very early age in my, in my time being in the military, very early on said that if you have somebody that's in your unit that is a grumbler, if we'll use that word, you need to purge them out. You need to correct them immediately, and if they are not correctable, they do not need to be in this man's army. Bottom line. And I had a few, as a new platoon leader, when I finally got out of all my courses and schooling and got it my first platoon, I had, I had some that were like that, and me and my platoon sergeant made it a mission to either change their behavior or get them out. Because it spreads like wildfire. It just does. That is just the nature of human nature. Is, is someone's complaining? Well, yeah, I got a list of complaints too. It's like we're all sharing lists on, on all of our, our complaints and what we have going on in our life that's not good. And it just breeds this, this contempt to where, you know, God is not necessarily turning away from you, but he's saying, man, y'all need to get your act together. Because what I have for you, what lies ahead is so much more. And there's no way you're going to be able to, to endure that or take it if you can't bear with the faith that you have now and grow it. The victory is in the stretch. So then I started thinking about Caleb and Joshua because they're the two that came back and actually said, no, 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 we don't agree with these 10 spies. No, no, no. We can take the promised land. God said we can. We can take it. There's no reason why we can't. Because God said we can, and our faith says we can. Even though the people are giants, even though their cities are fortified. But let me tell you something. The land is filled with milk and honey. There is a prize if we can just take it. And God said we can. And see what happened, and this is what hit me when I read this story, is those two, Joshua and Caleb, they moved from a place of death to a place of life. 
if they would have complained along with the other 10 and given a bad report, they would have also been lumped in with everyone 20 years old and older to die. And instead, because they chose to have faith, they chose to be willing to do the different thing, they have life. So what the Bible says about them, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, this is actually what God says about them. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Everybody say different spirit. And has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Let's just camp on that verse for a minute. I absolutely love it because the reason why Caleb and Joshua were able to move forward is because they had a different spirit. All right, somebody that's around you, that's going to be positive, that's going to encourage you, that's going to have faith. And I'm not talking about godly faith, okay? I'm not talking about some self-help stuff off the internet. I'm talking about godly faith, encourage you with God's word, help you in your walk with Jesus. That's somebody who has a different spirit. Amen. And you can detect that, right? And you can feel that, right? I mean, even unbelievers can feel it because they'll say, even they'll say there's something different about you. Amen. That different spirit is so important. That's the kind of person I want around me, somebody who has a different spirit. And God defines what that is. He says they have a different spirit because they followed me fully. That's the different spirit. Somebody who's following Jesus fully. Somebody who's fully committed. I'm going to say this, and it will offend some of you, but there are some people in the church that are not fully following God. Not fully committed. So as we're talking about who I don't want to be around, like I said, maybe this is a self-examination of us, of who we need to be in Christ. That I want God to say this about me, right? If I'm going to go to church, it's not just check the box, oh, did my Sunday thing, I'm good between Sundays, I can do Monday to Saturday without Jesus. But I'm here just to check a box because, you know, worshiping is a good thing. See, as a former Catholic, that's what I used to do. Every Saturday night, well, did my 45-minute thing, I'm good, right? And I think there's some believers that are in these kind of churches, non-denominational or charismatic, that are doing the same thing. And what God is saying is, no, I want you to be fully committed. And that's what I want God to say about me, right? Amen. That I'm serving, that I'm giving, that I'm actually doing community with people that are in the church, and I'm being the Joshua and the Caleb that I'm supposed to be, someone with a different spirit who wants to see the best in that person and see them exceed and see them stretch forth to what lies ahead and what God has for them. And for me, I had, I had one person. I have, Listen, folks, I have a lot of people, and I want to thank you. You guys are so supportive of myself and my family and, and the staff here at this church, and I am so appreciative of that. But there's also that kind of that inner circle, right? Yeah, people that are in your inner circle that are speaking hopefully life into you. And for me, the best example that I could find is uh, a man named Ken Oliver, who is no longer with us. He is, he's already obtained a prize. He is with Jesus right now. 
But after every service, and I'm no, I knew Ken for 25 years, after every service, he would come up to me and he would be like, so, how are you doing? And you know what? I was the grumbler. Because I know him so well and he knew me so well that I was just, I was just honest with him. Well, this is what I'm dealing with and this is how my life is crap right now and this is what God ain't doing in my life right now. And he would just look at me and he would always give me the word. He would just smile Sometimes put his hand on my shoulder and just give me the word. Well, remember what it says in this verse. Remember, remember what it says here. And if anyone who knew Ken knew, that's exactly what he did too. Like he would take that grumbling and complaining, that no faith thing, and turn it right back around on you, right? And then he would pray for me. And then before he left, before he would leave me, he would fist pump me and say, you got the power power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You got the power. Not that song from the 90s from Snap called I Got the Power. All right? No, no. The Holy Spirit power fist bumping you. And that was encouraging to me. Like, I would look forward every service after every service, him coming up to me and doing that. I couldn't leave without him giving me that fist bump. He was my Caleb or Joshua. Somebody who, as God would say, fully committed somebody who had a different spirit. That's who you want around you if you're making a decision to take a big step and stretch your faith. Here's the thing is, because Ken was that way for me for 25 years, this is, this is part of the reason why I'm up here today. I, that, that was the what lies ahead. You know, when the moment came and we had to make the decision whether or not my wife and I were going to pastor this church, if I didn't have that foundation and know that I had that support network, there's no way I could have stretched out to what lies ahead. There's just no way. So the thing is, is these two men, think about it, they had to influence the children of the children of Israel. Their kids were living with these people that were grumbling and complaining for 40 years. But somehow Joshua and Caleb had to be able to influence them to follow them into the promised land. Because we're a product of our parents, right? Folks, there are things that I'm still having to work through in my life because of my mom and dad. Oh boy, oh my dad's not watching. But my, mom, my mom's with Jesus now, so it's all right. But, but there are some things that I'm still having to work through because I am a product of my mom and dad. And so I can imagine the kind of job that God gave Caleb and Joshua because with great power comes great responsibility. Hello, Spider-Man, all right? But it's like, you, you got to understand that we have some things, we have baggage at times. And these kids had baggage and Joshua and Caleb was able to successfully lead them into the promised land. So maybe you're in a spot right now. You know you have to take a big step. You have to do something different in your walk with Jesus to be able to experience the victory that God wants for you in 2023. So you might have a couple of steps to do outside of that. Number one, get rid of the grumblers that are around you. And number two, find 
a Joshua or Caleb. Get some people around you that are going to speak life into you. And here's the big thing, and this is going to, this might hit hard for some of you, but maybe you're in a good spot. Like, how many of you in here, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you in here are in a good spot? Okay, raise your hand. Thank you. All right, sweet. There's one. <laughs> so he can't, he can't minister to everybody, okay? But I know, I know we have some people in here that are in a really good spot, right? They already know exactly what step they're going to take. There's something different, and they're going to take it. Praise Jesus. And they already know they got a good community of people around them. They got a Joshua and Caleb around them that's going to help support them and encourage them. That's awesome. And if you're one of those, then what Jesus says for you to do is to go headfirst into the grumblers and the complainers. Maybe the different social network some of you may need is to be involved with people that are grumbling and complaining. You need to be that source of faith for them. You need to point them to Jesus. You need to grab them by the hand and bring them here so they can come and see. And if that's you, I'm going to pray for you. Because it's, it's not an easy job. It's hard, right? Because like I said, you're standing around the water cooler at work, standing in formation in the military, that's like the worst place to be. You guys all think we're just standing there at attention and we're all, you know, little disciplined soldiers. No. Nope. A lot of stuff is said in, in formation. <laughs> you start hearing that grumbling and complaining, then you might want to be a part of that because it feeds your flesh. Maybe the charge this year is something different for you. The different social network is for you to be opposite of that. Now, I'm not saying be religious. I'm not saying, saying be a Pharisee to everybody around you. But what I'm saying is be identifiable as a follower of Jesus so that they look at you and say, that person's different. They have a different spirit. And I want to be around that. That's your assignment if that's who you are today. So I'm going to conclude with this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 10. So Joshua and Caleb had a huge assignment by God. For 40 years, they, they were able to encourage as the parents of the children of the children of Israel, the children of Israel were dying off and their kids were sitting there watching them all die off and having to encourage them, having to remove the, the poor influence that their parents had on them and how to get them to a place to where they trusted God and they were ready to go forward into what lies ahead. And this is what Joshua writes in verse 10 of chapter 1. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. In other words, get ready because we're moving out. Scoot all the way down to verse 16, same chapter, verse 16. And they answered Joshua, this is awesome, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. 
And they said this, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. These are children, like I said, that witness their parents have no faith. And all of a sudden now they're all on board. They're all ready to go. Let's go take what lies ahead. That's the kind of faith that we need to have. And that's the kind of people that we want to be around. And as we're doing that, then, and I know we're all human, and I know we're going to mess up at times, and we're going to be those kind of people that complain from time to time. Listen, I, I made a statement last week in a meeting that I should not have made with my staff. We all do it, all right? But for the most part, our hearts are right. And what I want to see here from my right all the way to the left of this auditorium from youth to those that are in the legacy generation and everything in between is that we have that faith that we're able to encourage each other, challenge each other, help each other out. Because what's going to happen, and I think where the church is headed, and not just home church, the church, big church, capital C church, is God is getting ready to move us into what lies ahead. Because there's enough negative influence, man. I have seen some stuff recently on social media that made my nose hairs curled. Man, I'm telling you, I, I just, the stuff that's out there, like there's no way we're going to be able to stand against what's coming if we're still operating the same way, with the same faith that we are now. And we got to stretch, right? And I think for the most part in here, you all are good. I know we got some things going on in our life, but you're still positive. You're still ready to go. You still know that God has great things for you to do. And you're ready to do it. And if that's you, then what I'm saying is you've got to go out to those people that are still being influenced by the world. And you've got to be positive, encouraging, and you've got to feed them faith. Faith in Jesus. And I don't know what that looks like for you. And we've been around this barn before, but I, I know there's people that go to work and you work with people that, that need to know Jesus. And you're the only connection between God and them at this, at this point in their life. And if you're grumbling, it's just going to push them away. But if you're feeding them faith and encouraging them, praying for them, that's going to do something different, amen? Or youth. And there's a few youth down here guys go to school and I know you go to school with a lot of negative influence that you truly are the only light in the darkness in the halls of Broken Arrow High School or even Lincoln for that matter man how, what are you saying to your friends what are you saying to the people that are around you are you encouraging them are you inspiring them and are you bringing them here to church see we have a charge we have a responsibility and that's why God allowed Joshua and Caleb to move forward with the children of the children of Israel. Because they were willing to take that responsibility and go for it. And that's what we need to do. So the big idea is this. The key to straining forward to what lies ahead is finding a different social network. And again, it's that different social network or people that you need to be around because you're going through stuff and you're about ready to take a big step, stretch your faith, get the victory, or maybe 
that different social network or people that you're not normally around and God is telling you, go to those grumblers and complainers and help me bring them to Jesus.